This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host Ian Turner. Garden of Sound is brought to you by 4YP, supporting community and positive youth development initiatives. You can find out more at 4yp.org. On today's show, Marco Road. But before we begin, I'd love for you to subscribe to Garden of Sound. That means you'll get every episode of the show hot off the press and you'll be supporting local music too. It's as easy as heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking the subscribe button. Garden of Sound is also on Spotify too. Just click that Spotify link and you're away. Today's show, Marco Road. They're a Christchurch four-piece, and through a rigorous schedule of gigs all across the country, they've started to make a real name for themselves. They've just released their second EP, Local Safari, and have recently come back from an inaugural Australian tour. How far can these four Canterbury lads drive the juggernaut that is Marco Road? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Marco Road on Plains FM 96.9. I want to welcome you to Garden of Sound. I've got Marco Road in the studio and I am joined by Ryan. Hello. And Ryan, you are the vocalist and rhythm guitarist yep. for the group. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Connor, and you are the lead guitarist. Yep. Which is fantastic. Now, mm. we're missing two members today. Who are the other two in the group? Well, we've got Robbie, who's asleep on the couch, back in the flat. <laughs> uh, so he, had a nap, he had a nap at 10 a.m. this morning. Oh, yeah, I, well, I can't no, believe it. That's it's fair enough, you know, yeah. you know, growing growing lads and all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, CJ, the poor bugger, he's at work. Ah, indeed. Last day, though. Last day, last day for him. Wow. Yeah. Okay, la- last day forever. Yet for work yeah. for the foreseeable future <laughs> at the moment. And yeah. he's the bass player in the mm-hmm. group. Yeah, <laughs> Robbie's the drummer, yeah. Okay. First of all, I just want to talk about sort of first musical memories. Ryan, um, what's the first first thing that you remember about music in your life? First musical memories, I'd say my dad's really musical, so he plays lots of instruments. Um, so we always had, I've got a big family as well, I've got four, four siblings, um, so there was always just instruments lying around the house. Um, and yeah, Dad always encouraged us to to pick up an instrument. So guitar was my first thing when I was eight. And what sort of stuff were you playing as an eight-year-old? First song I learned was "Johnny Be Good" by Chuck Berry. Um, Obviously, you've seen Back to the Future. No, no, I haven't. Back to the Future. Are you Wait. serious? <laughs> we're talking Michael J. Fox. You're out of the band. I, I actually don't think I. Have. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a classic. That's a criminal. Yeah. That's almost a criminal. Yeah, uh, it is. Criminal yeah. Particularly for someone your age. Always, that's like right whenever anyone your age asks, group. Whenever anyone asks, like, "Oh, you've seen this or that," I just never. I can never be like, "Yeah, I can get onto common ground." I just. The reason I, I raise that enough. is there's a pivotal <laughs> moment in the film where Michael J. Fox plays Johnny Be Good. Uh, okay. So there we go. For those of you who haven't seen, uh, have been living under a, a rock or I don't know the other side of the planet. <laughs> There we go. Back, back to the we future. Okay, so um, uh, Johnny Bergen, what sort of stuff were you listening to growing up? What was your What was your dad playing? I was religious with this book, this Beatles book. Of like, um, I think it's where Dad learned a lot of his, and I think he got it as a kid. And so it had all the it was a songbook of all the Beatles songs and the chords and the lyrics. So um, Alan of Rigby was another one I remember learning. Amazing. And we had a we had a um, do you know the word a Steadford? Is that a thing? Like a, at our primary school, we had a Steadford. So each term, you had a Steadford speech, a Steadford song, a Steadford poem, and you had to perform in front of the rest of the class. So Alan Rigby was the song that I performed. And I remember doing 
Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day later on as well. It's <laughs> nice. quite, that's yeah. quite diverse. Quite, yeah. yeah, quite a range. And yeah. D, Connor, what about your... Uh, I think... Um, I didn't have much family that was musical in any way in terms of instruments, but uh, my first musical memory um, has got to have been uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have been blasted in my household and continue to be blasted in my household since I was very young, as long as I can remember, really. So, so this is this is mum and dad. Mum and dad, okay. yeah, yeah, playing that, and then so yeah, what, what, odd mix, a little bit of Green Day, and then yeah, I was into Green Day. Little bit of I think I'm um, Chris Cornell. Audio Slave, Soundgarden. Okay. So, sorry, yeah, Audio Dad, Slave. Dad, yeah, Audio Slave, Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah. But that was about it in terms of. Oh, and Fat Fruity's dropping the Black Seeds as well. That was a big thing for me. Um, but I think I picked up an instrument when I was about fourteen years old. So there was no prior musical education to that. I just had this burning desire to play guitar since I was maybe twelve or eleven, and I got my first opportunity when I was fourteen when I went to boarding school uh-huh. and got my lessons there. The first song I remember learning. Um, well, I learned my chords and things like that first, but then the first song I learned was um, Eric Clapton. Uh, oh, the song about his Tears in Heaven. Tears in Heaven. Yeah, I learned how to play that. Pretty ambitious first song to learn with the <laughs> finger picking, but I was hooked ever since, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers comes up quite a bit in um, in your various interviews and so on. For you, uh, Connor, uh, off uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I imagine. Mm. What was the um, what's the standout track off that album? Oh, it's all so good. It's so raw. What's it's the so one that funky. Immediately yeah, comes it's, to mind? it's really cool. I think I was um, thinking about this the other day as well. Uh, I think Funky Monks. I really like Funky Monks, but anything with that, yeah, just raw, powerful, quite gnarly sounding funk. I think like, I just like the whole sound. But Funky Monks is a good, a good reflection of that. That's what I like about it most. But um, yeah, it's the first one that took them onto their world stage really and rightly so it's fantastic so different and it's carried them all the way through that kind of style really you even got tickets to their um to the gig next year no oh <laughs> don't bring it up oh, my mother and i missed out we're devastated twice yeah yeah <laughs> oh well so you guys all met at canterbury university yeah mm. aside from the arts which is obviously a really enjoyable thing to do there's often pressure from uh, extended family to go off and get a real job, yep. get an income and all that kind of thing. What were you guys? What were you guys studying, Ryan? I was commerce, so accounting and finance, and I actually I gave it a crack, the old proper career, because <laughs> I yeah I finished uni halfway through last year and then got an accounting grad job, so I was actually working full time as an accountant up until August this year, um, while we were kind of tripping around and touring and fitting it all around. Um, so yeah, it was. It was, I mean, it was good. <laughs> you got yeah. the skill. You've got the skill. Got, got, yeah, got some skills out of it. Yeah. Connor, what were you, what were you studying? Oh, I'm still studying. Um, I've got a big degree. It's five years, but uh, I studied law, economics, and political science. Wow. Yeah. So I got a couple more years left. So what's the age range for the for the foursome at the moment? Twenty. Oh, I saw the three are twenty-two, and you're twenty. Going on twenty-three though. Like yeah. a couple years, like yeah. Ryan I think we, and C- us two are two school years apart, yeah. and then me and CJ are the same year. Rob is the year in between. With all of the education, has the, the accountancy at least come in hand with, you know, balancing the books at the end of the night? Well, your it? job did actually come in handy because Brian's po- boss is now our accountant, so yeah, it's gone down <laughs> really well. And like kind of like yeah, a guidance, like he, he's guiding us, like making sure we're setting our goals and, and just keeping us driven, really. So yeah, yeah, I suppose it's been, <laughs> it yeah. did come in handy in yeah, totally. an indirect so, kind of way. So oh, is like, that surrogate management in a way? Or is it just guidance? Just guidance, but... Um, he 
I mean, yeah, it's been fascinating, like, where we're at now, having done... We haven't had a manager or anything up until this point. Um, so it's actually a lot like a little business, I guess, because there's all the, like, money coming in and out, and there's, like, you're trying to advertise things. And so so with Doug, it was like, he kind of sat me down and was like, we'll do your accounting. You can sort of be a, a client and where do you want to be in five years, where do you want to be in two years, that kind of thing, because there's a lot of the same sort of questions I'd be asking to one of his, Indeed. To one so, of his clients. So is there a Marco um, Road business plan set out? There's No, there's not. It was just funny because, like, you're just doing band stuff and then, you're like, going in and, like, Doug said that we had to form it as a company, so we had to, like, incorporate it as a company. It's, like, just things you wouldn't really associate with, like, being in being a band. Being in a band, but, yeah. But and it's been interesting, yeah, it's been, like... And what about has there been has there been any study of um, contract law uh, along the way? <laughs> CJ has sent me some terms and conditions to look over. Yeah, but to be quite frank, I did contract law like a year and a half ago, and I got no idea. But yeah, like it does. It like I, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah, it comes in. Yeah, just I think um, later on in life, like because of the education we've received and are receiving, it's it's got us quite switched on. And um, like very perceptive about what we need to do and how to achieve it and things like that. Um, it's just yeah, developing ourselves into young professionals and our chosen careers, but also um, in our hobbies, which is now turning into a bit of a amateur career at the moment. So yeah, I want to go back to influences, and already we've talked about the uh, the the Chili Peppers and um, and Eleanor Rigby. This is a it's a hard one because it's, yeah, often people will be like, "What's your main influences?" Because we could all individually say our individual influences, but as a band, it's totally different. Yeah, they've influenced our desire to be in a band and stuff we've decided to learn on our own, but it's such a personalised thing that when it comes to creating music as a group, you produce something that's different in a way than what you're... Inf- like, very different from what your influence might be yeah. because you're working together with all different inputs. But what we've got happening over in countries like Australia and New Zealand as well is uh, people are really jumping on the summer sound and it's quite it's a bit reggae bit psychedelic bit alternative maybe even a little bit poppy um, and it's well, New Zealand's a, always had like a it's got a solid that genre of that reggae like think like the Black Seeds Fat Freddy's like mm. Catch a Fire those kind of like it's like a new thing. interpretation of that really and that's we kind of definitely like that kind of thing yeah. like the yeah, yeah. It's like kind of that, like following on from Australia. Like you've got people like Ocean Alley, Second Fingers, Skigs, almost, and then you got like people like Tash Altana, um, all cut from the same kind of cloth in terms of what their musical influences might have been. Um, so we're just sort of following that summer vibe that they're throwing out there and doing it in our own way. So what are we going to play? I think we could all get around Blackbird by Fat Freddy's Drop.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Marco Road on Plains FM 96.9. Ryan, I want to talk about the first gig you got along to. What was the first first gig you possibly paid some money or maybe somebody else paid some money for you to, to see? I'm thinking Stevie Wonder at Horncastle Arena. Wow. My dad took us along. I'm sh- I'm sure there was we went to concerts before that, but that was awesome because um yeah, Dad used to play us heaps of Stevie Wonder, and they had the whole big band on stage with the orchestra. Um and yeah, I remember my sister fell asleep during and she woke up during Superstition, and Dad's like never let it live it down. <laughs> but um yeah, I've always been a big Stevie Wonder fan, still am. So. And that, that was, was awesome. your that was your your big number. Superstition was the the big event of the evening. There's another song that I would say is my favourite Stevie Wonder song. Now, um, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> Recent, uh, old, little. Love's in need of love today. Okay. Yeah, it's just a very nice song to listen to. Fantastic. Connor, what about you? What was the first gig you got along to? Guess it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> when I was nine years old. Uh, Where was that? Uh, that was at Victor Arena. I remember we were. Uh, it was just the afternoon before we went, and I was walking with my dad, and I asked my dad, uh, "Can I please dye my hair bright red before the concert?" And Dad was like, "Yeah, it'll drive your mother crazy." And so I ran out, and it was like red, red. It wasn't. It wasn't like a dull color. It was like bright, <laughs> and it stayed in for like three and a half months, and then slowly faded out. But like Ryan's sister, my sister also fell asleep during the middle Bloody of a Chili's concert. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So, uh, in your current incarnation of Marco Road, um, how long have you guys been together as a band? The foursome. Three, three years. T- two years. Two and a bit. Two yeah. and a bit years. Wait, almost oh, no, three, three years. Three years. Almost three years. three years. Robbie came in at the end of. Last year though, so us four have been together for a year. Yeah. I suppose we've been writing music for a year. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, how many gigs do you reckon you guys have uh, played generally? A lot. I what I wouldn't even have as a guess. I couldn't even. We yeah. played a lot at uni. We played yeah. a lot. There wasn't like, really many other bands. This whole year has been I don't know. Uh, we had barely any weekends off playing gigs, and sometimes we had like on average we would have had a gig a weekend around about because some of the weekends would have two or three which yeah. is crucial for yeah you know, getting, your, getting, getting your chops down. it's about Definitely. building up a uh, building up a following and i think that's where marco road's sort of strength started out was it, we were a band for our mates and they came to all our gigs because they were all the uni club events and things like that and from there we've just been able to build up this fan base but because we've treated it as such we're a band for our mates um we're quite approachable by a lot of our fans and I think that's our hidden strength really um, we, we love it when people come and talk to us and we'll sit on the doors at gigs while doing the ticketing so we can meet the people that have come to see us play that's awesome mm. that's good I'm sure everything hasn't gone to plan have you had any nightmare gigs sound system <laughs> oh, breaking down had, somebody get out on we, stage yeah, like every third gig <laughs> we had this weekend we need a manager <laughs> we had this weekend in Dunedin and it was three days three gigs um, a ball yeah. the night before was it yeah it was ball f- Bull Friday. Nah, the one with a. Oh yeah. Oh, we played our <laughs> own. Tell the story. Yeah, we played our own gig um, on the Friday at a was, uni yeah, bar, and that was list. yeah, and that went really well until Ryan's friend didn't get let in, and it was cold outside. So Ryan lent him his jacket, which had the keys in it, and he doesn't even remember seeing Ryan. So those keys are that lost, like yeah. they were gone. So. Was this keys to a vehicle or keys yeah, to keys a... to a vehicle, to, yeah. and that, the, the vehicle. That yeah, we the vehicle, the only vehicle we had. And, and all gear, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we had to wait for ages to um, be able to get that in. But as soon as we got... We got someone to drive the keys down from Christchurch. And as soon as we got the keys, we received a call from Ryan. 
and he's like we've just been crashed into in the back of the car yeah and it was big dent like these boys had whiplash so it was pretty we were literally on the way to the next gig on, like. it was the last one as well it was our last gig and it's been like such a mere of a weekend so <laughs> how did that final gig end up it was pretty good actually when we yeah when we walked into the actual venue it was uh it was weird flat like a big two-story building in the middle of town and they had dmb upstairs and us on the second floor and when we walked in there there was this like a flatties band that had been playing beforehand and we walk in and then there's already people crowd surfing before we'd even gotten onto the stage it was yeah it was it was was pretty hectic there's guys like they couldn't open because it was just so many people crammed in the room it was so hot and sweaty and the the window had like a a lock on it so it could only open so far so this guy's just standing on the window with a hammer like just breaking out the window frame so that they can take the window off so that we can get some <laughs> airflow through the room like that sounds absolutely crazy yeah. so that's mm. that certainly is no burning couches I guess not anymore no, just no, smashing no, windows no, ah, mm. no, that's fair enough um, so what advice are you going to pass on to your younger selves when you have that conversation you know you go back in time like back to the future mm. and uh <coughs> What, what do you do differently now? Have you got any sort of like steps or plans in place to make sure that never happens? When it's only us running the gig, there's no like manager above us telling us where to be in that. So, yeah. We need to be the in tours control. Have, yeah, the tours we've done this year, there's been times where it's just like a saga. Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're trying to get from A to B and like with all this gear and yeah. Do you think you're going through that because you're a young band and you haven't sort of kind of learnt your, learnt your lessons yet yeah, I think yeah. we've learnt it now we have learnt it now yeah we've um, for so an example is uh, what we're doing differently is we've got an itinerary for Australia and I've put in carefully I've selected the nights that we've decided that we're going to go out and party and then the rest because there's some where we've got a gig in one city and then we've got a nine hour drive to another city with a gig there um, so we definitely have to pick our nights yeah and you're out to the fans as well I mean you put this effort yeah, in you might see definitely. them on the doors you want to put on a on a good show um, we talked about Stevie Wonder in, yep. the, in the mix um, and we spoke about a few acts in the, the first part of the show is there a favourite track uh, for Marco Road uh, that you guys could, could all agree on maybe um, maybe a favourite artist for something you all like, yeah, we all like the we chilies. Froth the chilies. Yeah, for a fave, yeah. Mine is around the world. Yeah, I think um I like every single chili song, so I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Marco Road on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about the music making process and specifically you've just released your second EP of the year and that's Local Safari. So just tell me the thought process behind putting two EPs out in the year. I suppose we just wanted to keep the momentum going really. Uh, since our first release uh, we haven't really had a wall or seemed to have slowed down at all. It's just been going uh, further and further. And I suppose more than anything, it's an excuse to do another tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys love touring? Yeah. yeah totally. It's what we live for. It's our favorite part, like the meeting the people and things. But uh, the music, yeah, we want to keep our fans entertained and we want to keep their attention. Uh, now that we've got uh, 13 songs all up released, I think we can, yeah, that we can now take a step back and probably spend a little bit more time working on a bigger musical project now and with a lot more energy put into it now that we've got a good basis formed so i think that was kind of the aim as well to have a a whole set's worth of music that we that people can sing along to through our whole performance ryan in your mind what are the big differences between uh the first ep and uh, local safari oh for starters local safari was in a studio so um that was massive in terms of like the, the actual end product of the songs where did you record we recorded at Orange Studios 
in um, Boston with Tom O'Connor, was a stereo engineer. And do we know what Tom's done before? He's worked a lot with like orchestras and, and jazz bands and that kind of thing. I think a lot of them go through Orange. I mean, we got onto him because there's another band, the Butlers, here from there from Sumner. Um, so they recorded through him, and that was really how we were looking for a studio, and we heard their stuff and thought it sounded great. So went in there, and I think, yeah, he records other um, local Christchurch bands. But he was awesome um, for... Yeah, it was just it was just all, it was just cool having this creative space where it was like it was going it was like you were going to the studio in the morning to it was like you're completely focused. Whereas if you're doing it at home, I guess you've got these distractions around and you've got the cat, the cup of tea, yeah. the friend comes around for a yeah. Mm. What so about it was like yeah, it was like three days of going in. Well, actually not being five days, but you'd go in and we were just so productive because we could all go into our different spaces and really nut things out and then work on together on stuff. So yeah. was there any of the material on the EP that was written at the time or you came with these five songs or were there more songs than that? No, it was we were, we were fairly well prepared mm. um, to go in, I think, with what we wanted to get from it. Connor, how did you find the process all up? Tom created this space for us to just be really free with what we wanted to do and it was really comforting because I, I, I for one was quite nervous about going into the studio for the first time I would have thought it would be quite, quite pressured to get it right but absolutely not like he was fantastic he had, gr- he had great advice for us um, and I felt like changing our environment um, in which we were doing all this um, creative work it really shone through in the quality compared to our last EP um, let alone the uh, the actual equipment that he has but we put a lot more thought into it ourselves um, we wanted to impress Tom and um, yeah it was good Like, and I think we, we got the best out of uh, what we were able to do at the time Yeah, I think the EP is is pretty huge um, and I do encourage you to, to check it out and I noticed the last track be the same there's a little bit of Chili's homage maybe a little bit of under the bridge feel yeah. on it Ryan yeah we um, that was just a guitar part that CJ made a bass part over to it and then it wasn't until we sort of listened back to it that we were like oh there's actually that sounds a lot like a like a frusciante flea, like on stage, you know how they'd go over to each other and have those little like a pretty little bits. ditty or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I think at this point it's important to hear something from the EP. <laughs> what do you guys want to play? I think we should play "Open Plan in the Wing." Tell me the story behind that song. We've been playing that one for quite a while. Uh, I think soon after we did our first three releases, we actually Ryan mm. wrote that song, and we've been playing it ever since. And people quite like it, but so we decided we've got to put it in the EP, and we did a bit of work to it, shuffled a few things around, changed it up a little bit, and then released it, and we're quite happy with it. It's um, quite upbeat, shows a bit of diversity throughout the EP by ba- being a little bit faster and, and just a little bit heavier. There's a crazy uh, music video that accompanies that. Do you have a bit of fun doing that? Yeah, yeah. It up. yeah. It was our first. Um, it was our first experience doing that, and it's definitely a yeah. It's a lot harder than just going on and playing on a stage. You've got to do acting and things like that, and yeah. it's a little bit exhausting. And that was also three days, the three days prior to my big law exam. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> sacrifices were made. <laughs> and I understand you use the services of the New Zealand Broadcasting School as well. To yeah, help you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What awesome. were they like to work with? Oh, they were awesome. Yeah, we had uh, Tom Irwin as our director and Alicia O'Halloran was our producer yeah. Um, so yeah they were, they were great they were really good at what they did um, and yeah I think everyone was pretty happy with the final product yeah I'll tell you what uh, if you head along to gardenofsound.nz forward slash marco hyphen road you will be able to check out that video too alright let's hear it open plan living <laughs> 
excited instead of walking around It's just easier to ride it down And the silence that's inside this car is getting awkwarder by the This is the Garden of Sound interview with Marco Road on Plains FM 96.9. Um, I want to talk about your um, most rewarding project or perhaps your, your best memory on tour. What's been potentially the highlight of 2018 for you guys? I think Wellington um, of our most recent tour. Uh, that was probably our biggest show we've ever played that we're headlining. And uh, I think it was very... just felt great support from the crowd. And it was extremely loose. It was extremely packed. Um, heaps of people were really hot but just you couldn't see to the back without the lights blaring and as soon as these lights would come on you'd see all these people that had come to see you specifically and um, I think that felt really good selling out a bigger venue um, on our second time visiting there was fantastic like that's what we aimed for in the first tour we said we'll start small try get good numbers and then we'll try to sell out the next time and um, when we came around the next time we did sell out which is great you're about to set out on a New Zealand tour. Um, what do you guys hope to do differently this time? Is there anything you want to achieve that you maybe haven't done yet over the last couple of years or so? I think in terms of our live performance, we need to work on our show. Um, we want to be able to not just play the music for the people, but put on a show at the same time. Yeah. Um, uh, being a musician is also being an entertainer. Uh, I think in terms of what we want to go for, we're trying to fit the grooves of the song 
together and develop the feel of the um, the feel of the set. Um, like we want the feel of the set to change as we go along, rather than just go warming up slow song to fast song. Um, yeah. yeah, we want people to be grooving with us and and change it up every now and then. But um, and another thing would be like it would be cool if people came to the gig and left feeling like really good about it like it was they felt like they were part of this cool little like mini community on the night mm. and something we're trying to do is probably in the past we'd sometimes our gigs would end up being like you go and watch and there's a band on stage and they play 10 separate songs kind of thing and it's like okay they're good songs and that but we want to develop more into like a cohesive show where it all flows and thing and you kind of feel like you're a part of what's going on on stage as well Australia aside uh, any international ambitions with regards to touring at least any festivals you want to play or countries specifically all of them all of them <laughs> all of but them. not yeah, not on the and what would sit at the, the top of your all of them list I Mexico really? yeah Mexico <laughs> or South America they lo- they're, they're very vocal on the social medias um, yeah, and lots I think of about your music, band. yeah, and yeah. and just the whole Why? sound in general, like really, like they're I on the same boat as New Zealanders people. and Aussies. Yeah, they're just they yeah. they love the sound, and we want to give it to them. There's also like millions of people over there, I suppose, as yeah. a fact, and not a lot of bands <laughs> go over there, which is a shame because they love that type of music. Right wing governments aside, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess you've got that to uh, to play with. Any other artists uh, that you potentially like to collaborate with in the uh, in the coming years? And it's packed. I'm not sure. Hundy's saxophonist. Oh yeah, we definitely want to incorporate some horns. Um, at we some point. Yeah, that's something we haven't really played with yet. That would we might look at in the future is like bringing in other instruments, at least to like the recorded content, um, like just to kind of. Yeah, have a variety of sound. Well, you got Ara Music Arts just down the road, yep. and I'm sure you must know a few few horn players. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I actually played used to play trumpet. Fantastic. I played it in ride. Yeah, you did actually. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it was a very ad hoc decision. I reckon yeah. just a Hundy trumpet solo here, and someone said, "Yep," and then it, it happened. Yeah. One take. And it wasn't Hundy's. It was like four different notes. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we might, yeah, we might have to go to Ara. I'm sure there'll be someone there that would that'd be great to work with. Guys, it's been fantastic having you on Gardener Sound. Um, I've really enjoyed meeting you. Is there a uh, Marco Road track that you'd like to take us out with today? Uh, yeah, I think we all like Lady would be a good one to play. Um, yeah, play Lady. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can do I better than that.
That track was Lady from Marco Road. It's time now for my track of the week, and it's another doozy from Christchurch. They're called Beacon Bloom, and it's the musical outlet of one Ryan Ferris, who alongside James Allen has created a track, which I'm going to call Stevie Wonder meets Radiohead in an elevator on the way to a split ends gig. Is it too much? No way. This is Jobum. Thank you. 
And that was my track of the week from Beacon Bloom called Jobum. Thanks for joining me today. On the show was Marco Road. They're about to embark on a New Zealand-wide tour starting next Thursday the 27th in Wanaka at the Water Bar. And they're finishing up in Christchurch on February 15th at Winnebago's. You can find out everything there is to know about the tour by heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on the Marco Road image on the front page. From there, you can listen to all of the tracks we talked about today on their bespoke Spotify playlist. And you can click through to find details about the local safari tour and EP. Next week on the show, it's a recap. 2018's been massive for Garden of Sound, so I'm going to be rounding out the year with a few tracks from some of my guests, and we'll take a look back at the musical highlights across the year. I'm Ian Turner. Thanks for joining me today on the show. It's brought to you with thanks to 4YP. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I'd love to have you back same time next week for Garden of Sound. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.